You're listening to the MLS Fantasy Insider, bringing you weekly tips, tricks, and advice for the official MLS Fantasy game. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the MLS Fantasy Insider, our preview of round 29. This episode is brought to you by... The MLS Participation Trophy, which goes to DC United, above the line and already eliminated. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, actually, brought to you by our amazing MLS Fantasy Insider Patreon supporters. It's because of you that we are able to keep this project going. Learn more at patreon.com slash MLSFI. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com. And tonight I'm joined by my partners in fantasy, Blaine Riffle and Ashley Savage. How are you all doing tonight? I'm good. Yeah, doing all right. Excellent. Well, glad that you all could be here. We had a a little gift of a one-week break since our last episode, and that was because of some international games. Had a question that came through on Twitter about why we did not have a round last week, even though there were games. Those were makeup games, is Mm -hmm. the reason because of the various strange things that have happened throughout the season that have caused games to be delayed. Those were made up last week and just due to the nature of uh, the unpredictability of when they are added into the season into the game they don't get added into the game so that's been consistent uh throughout this season for those makeup games not to be included that is why we did not have a round uh there were some inconsistencies about last round that i do want to talk about but i'll save that for a little bit of conversation after we go over our results uh chat go ahead and share with us your results, if you're here with us, look forward to seeing how you did. Uh, and you all as well, and myself, I got a 156. And I'm happy with it, but I can't help but feel like I flubbed with some of the choices that I had because there were definitely points that were 30, 40, 50 higher than than mine were. But like when I look at my team, I think, I mean, this was fine. I had some pretty solid scores across the the entire field. Uh, I had good scores coming off my bench with Tolkien and Gazdag for 16 and 15. Um, Amato with 34 points as my captain was pretty solid. But where I'm pretty sure I missed the boat was uh, on two things. I went back and forth about having Bawanga in my team, and I did not. And the one that really got me was at the last minute, I, I backed off on my own advice from last week and did not go with Swiderski on my team, who had a very, oh. very good round. I put in Cucho mm-hmm. instead, who who did fine, uh, but uh, but that was just where where that came up at. So uh, I uh, kind of went a mixed bag with my head-to-heads lost, one of the key ones I was really hoping to be competitive in. But uh, yep, 156 was fine. Uh, overall rank 85 for me now. I'm sure I'll finish in that that general area. Uh, always shoot for top 100, so that's good. Fell a little bit in the ranks after this week. Uh, number two in the FC Cincinnati League, so that's hoping at least to secure that spot. I'm pretty sure I'll be top three by the time. I won't get number one. That's that's already been decided, but unless there's a huge amount of craziness that happens this week, but um, it was pretty good. Otherwise, don't have a huge amount of takeaway since we're coming up to to our last uh our last round so we'll cover most of those uh in in that so ashley how did you do yeah i mean i uh i did okay i got a 187 i overall 59 champions league 27 um as i as i tend to to do as we get to the end of the year maybe it's because people stop playing this is when i usually peak (laughs) um I've been outside of the top 100 until like, I think right before the international break started maybe, or right after we came back. Um, My goal, we talk about this a lot on here. My goal is never to be top 10. Like I don't have the patience, the time, the width of stress to, to aim for that. And I applaud everybody who does it. Right. Um, So many of our friends in discord and everybody, you know, getting into that top 20 this year. It's never my goal because I think it'll kill me. Um, but top top 100 is where I usually want to sit. So to have busted in there a little later than normal feels great. Um, I, I think I'm a little more ambitious. So I always want to be top 50 in Champions League. Hopefully can hold on to that. So generally, I, I'm feeling okay. Also, um, 
I feel like this round was two weeks ago instead of a week ago. So I don't really remember why I chose who I chose, but I did. Okay. I did. Okay. 187 felt fine. Um, I captained Almada who, you know, took a minute to, to, to hit. Um, I did start Bawanga, which 42 points, you know, do you guys ever do this? Spencer, my husband, every time is like, Oh, I should have captained him. And I always say, Oh, but you wouldn't have. (laughs) (laughs) Because it just, it just didn't ever strike me this week to captain Denis Bawanga. Um, what a, what a productive week he had though. Um, he's definitely one of my hits. Tolkien ended up hitting for me. Uh, at least I felt like a a decent hit with 15 and then not a great point production, but I'd talked a lot and I'd seen a couple other people say the same thing. Jordan Morris had just had a baby and it was his first game since having a baby. And I felt like, you know, on a double, he'll maybe he'll get a he'll get a a goal and he did he only got minutes played in the next game so I only got nine for the round but he got his dad goal so to me I'll mark that as a win um misses again for I think what the third week in a row maybe longer Mukhtar just doing nothing for nobody with six um I honestly this now I'm getting a little picky galled for me with 11 on a double kind of a bust not great um, not a good production from a, a guy who's been producing well. Montreal defense, not someone that I was really high on. I know some people used uh their keeper as a keeper, but I know you know Montreal defense was was mentioned a lot, didn't work out. And then Brooks Lennon with just a nine across two weeks. Uh, you know, no shutouts, bonus points, offensive bonus points. Um, a little bit, a little bit disappointing. He's broken the streak of from when he met me and being so productive. So Sorry, everybody. You need um, a, red, a regular gathering. Yeah, I'll have to see what I can set up. But um, yeah, generally pretty pleased uh, with with the week that I've already forgotten about. Blaine. Yeah, I kind of split the difference on you both. I got a 169. Uh, not complaining. That was all moving up in the rankings for me. A uh, few duds. I went with Shehos. I know I brought him up last time. I thought Chicago in the hunt. He gets on the end of balls. He just got minutes played for both games. It kind of sucked. Uh, Mukhtar was another one that just kind of missed. Uh, don't feel bad about most of my other picks. Uh, middle of the road, some nines. I had Lennon for that nine. That doesn't feel bad. It just doesn't feel great. Uh, but I did go with Heel for 20 on the bench. That was a nice one. I was worried about rotation, so I benched him. I threw White and Gigi on my bench as well, hoping for something. I got a 10 from White, um, dropped a couple of points there. Gigi got the four, but I was expecting one of my two forwards to come in. It was kind of a gamble on that one. But my surprising hit that worked out for me was a click for DC. Uh, Got a nice 16 right there as a little bit of a differential. I know some people were going Gauld. I'll take that five-point advantage over Gauld for that one. Just felt like they had the week. It was their final week of the season. So they had everything to play for because they're done. Um, yeah. Both playing wise and their season's over at this point, which always the sucks to see a team gone. go out. Yeah. Sucks a to see a team go out a week early like that. But yeah. I figured they'd give everything they had for that one. And Click came through with a decent score. And Reed, I'm going to call you out on the other one. You. You talked up Swiderski and then you dropped him, but you also talked up Montreal's midfielder, uh, Shonair or whatever. Shonair. Ooh. Tyler taught us this one, guys. We got to do better. Shonair. No, I don't. Yeah. You you talked him up last time and you were like, oh, this guy could be good. It's a double. It's one of those. He popped off for a 20. Yeah. I, I did not. No, no. So to be fair, if, if there's anything else I need to own up to from last week, it is not him because I just mentioned, hey, you could go with him. He's, he's pretty much the only source of, of decent fantasy points with Montreal on a consistent yeah. basis. The you other team that considering him, that's fine. And that's, I mean, that's part of what I'm trying to do. But... It's mostly Reed's tone. He's so convincing. It's that's right. Yeah. The, the thing that I could be held to the fire for is, is how I bashed on Vancouver for not keeping clean sheets. And then they get two clean sheets, which I, I will own up to, to that, <laughs> but I will say that everything behind that did not lead to them having that result. And I did not pick any of them because I had zero faith that they would have that. So if you did go with Vancouver, well played. And if you did not take Vancouver because of me, I'm sorry, but I would make the recommendation again because I just don't have faith in that consistency. But fantastic points for them there. 
Uh, I mean, I guess a couple others I'll just throw out what we're talking about. It. New York had some good scores, but I will say about Cincinnati did roll out like a B team for that game, clearly, mm-hmm. clearly uh, just resting. And I love the image of the New York players walking off the field with Cincinnati fans holding makeshift copies of the shield and shaking it in their faces as they were walking yeah. off. So it's like, that's, yeah. that's, that's bittersweet, but they got the point. So, so well played there. Um, you said heel had a 20 Rossi also had a 20 had a good split round there. I know he's been one that we've been looking at uh, as well. Uh, so there's a few other players that are just in that, that mix that have come forth. Maybe, maybe, maybe not in your final, your final uh, round roster but just good to see some of these players doing well near the end of the season especially going into what we're hoping for some production for next year but uh yeah oh and, and, and pookie pookie did well kind of another kind of hit or miss there uh for us but uh he he was also one of the the top scoring players of the round all right so yeah there's some let's see anything in chat real quick to see if i'm i'm being held to the fire for anything else uh Yes, Giacomakis, uh, Gene Brob Giacomakis did not do well. Had him on my bench because I wasn't sure how he did, and I was very pleased that that was my choice. But speaking of bench, there is something that happened last week that I want to have a, like, let's sit down and talk about this real quick because I know we'll talk about this more in our next episode, in our final episode, when we discuss some of our, our season recap. And the Dallas-Colorado game, that was a double they had the the weather delay and cancellation to the first game. And so there were questions that went around of, will they be unlocked? And the final decision was, yes, they were unlocked. And if you had them, you were able to transfer them out for another player. Uh, or more importantly, you were able to select another player to force a transfer from your bench. And that is where I have beef with this decision and why I think it was the wrong decision. I do not believe that a weather delay and cancellation for a double or in any sense should allow those players to be reactivated for you to then be able to make the change. There were other managers I know who chose to not have those players because of the risk of a weather delay potentially being locked into to that score. Had they not played, they would have just had the bench activated there, but they would have been in your team still. Allowing this to happen essentially gave managers more bench spots to play with. You now had the ability to potentially preview teams who might get some points during a weather delay and then decide to use your bench or use more players from your bench who you may not have had access to because of having more players on your field getting scrubbed. So I I think this was the wrong call, and I think it absolutely needs to be addressed next season that we have to have a clear rule for how teams will lock or unlock or be adjusted or players will be adjusted based upon a weather delay or something like this. I don't know if you all disagree or if you want to disagree just for the conversation. And this may make some listeners unhappy who benefited from this. And if you did, good. I'm glad. I sent out a message on Twitter when I found out that this was what was happening, specifically so players could take advantage of this ability when it happened. But I do not believe that it should have been this way for the game. Yeah. Go ahead, ahead, Ashley. You go. Okay, my take is really just I want to see something written and standardized, whether it's a weather delay, cancellation, all players unlock, you're good to go, or they're locked in, and just there needs to be a hard and fast rule on the books one way or the other so we can plan ahead. If you're going to unlock them every time, then sure, let's take them for the midweek, let's have a rainstorm, a tornado, whatever, shut down a game, unlock everybody and go switch up for the weekend and grab your single game week guys that you did wouldn't normally take. Like have that have that opportunity there and just let everybody know up up front, like weather delay, we're unlocking midweek games, weather delay, we're keeping weekend games locked. That's what your bench is for. Sorry, too bad. You've got to standardize the rules and just pick one and go with it. Um, I could see uh, arguments for both sides. I don't want my midweek players locked into my roster when they didn't play. I'd rather take a single game week on the weekend. It's just it, it to me, I'd rather pick my player than get stuck with a guy playing a single game that I really don't want the single game. I wanted him for the double. I can see that argument. But at the same time, if they're locked in and everybody's playing with the same rules, you take that risk. Uh, watching the weather is just an advanced strategy. 
And I know it's all over Discord. Guys are always popping up weather reports for some of those close games, and they see when weather's coming through on game day, and they go, uh, maybe you avoid these teams. And it's out there on Discord. The information's there. It's advanced strategy, and I'm all for letting people who want to dig dig that deep and put that much time into the game and into figuring out who's going to be available and who's not, get that advantage. You're going to put in the hours, get the advantage. I don't care. That's just part of playing the game. But it just needs to be transparent from the game down, what's going to happen midweek, weekend. The rules need to be the same every week, not some weeks. Hey, weather delay, but they played 20 minutes. Uh, They're locked into your team, but we're going to zero them out. Or, hey, midweek game, weather delay. We're going to unlock them and you can change them. Like, we've had both this year. And it's never fair to players to get to change the rules midway through or to make them arbitrary and just pick based on how you're feeling that week. Because I know we had games canceled where we had to take did not play because they played 20, 30 minutes, got rained out, and then they weren't unlocked. We weren't given any opportunity. They were just did not play in your roster wherever they were. Hope that you have enough bench players to cover for them. And so I just want to see it standardized. Yeah, I I mean, I would like to see a guideline. I think we had enough this year where it was kind of like Blaine just said, it started, but they canceled. It never happened. To me, for this situation, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's different because it never happened. One thing that that I do feel, especially as we get later into the season, is we should be checking, like, people who play as actively as we do, we should be checking lineups, we should be checking this, we should be doing that. But life happens, and so sometimes we don't. A lot of times we don't. And so, (laughs) you know, hearing, oh, there might be weather, you know, in Dallas, Discord's talking about it, so I throw those guys on my bench, I go about my life on a Wednesday, right? Um, I do think it's fair because it never kicked off that you're able to to pull those those players. I agree. I and let's be fair. I think we've all said a version of this. I think Skyler and everybody that does the things that Skyler's doing and does things beyond what Skyler does is doing the best that they can. Like I'm not trying to fault the people who are making these decisions by any means. Kudos to them. It's tough. But I think going into the off season when they send out a survey and stuff, that is the one thing I would like to see just kind of structured, you know, to steal Blaine's word a little bit in the sense that, okay, if they play any minutes, this is going to happen. If they don't play any minutes, this is going to happen just so people can plan. Cause like I said, my initial thought was, okay, I'm just going to move them to my bench. I wasn't in love with my FC Dallas players anyways. I'll just move them to my bench. But then as it became clear they weren't going to kick off, I was like, okay, I'll just fade them. But I had the availability to to check that, right? Mm-hmm. And not every week I do, right? I'm someone who works during kickoff of all of the Eastern Conference Wednesday games. So there's a lot of times where I honestly, I can't check. Like um, I'll usually like screenshot my team, give it to my husband who's not working during those times. And then he'll text me like, hey, this person's not star- or whatever, right? I don't get to make a lot of pivots on a Wednesday. So I think this one does make sense to me, but I also would like more, you know, just structure and, and consistency to it. And I think we'll get it. I think we will get it next year. And I think the added complication is that it was a double game week and that is that there were sure. still games to be played. And yeah. and the traditional ways if the team has not played yet, they're still able to be adjusted. So I understand why they did it. I just feel like there needs to be that clarification because this does add an extra element of gaming the system in the same way mm-hmm. that we used to be able to game the system with with vice captains. This yep. is an element there. And and to Eric's point, it's not trying to push people to discord. It's not trying to force people to to play um, with as much of a time sink as, as others choose to do. Though, if you choose, discord does have a weather alerts channel now, if you would like to go <laughs> to be able to, to frequent that. Uh, but still, I think it just needs to be clear. For me, I think making that decision when it happened just gave, provided an unfair advantage, but I'm glad for those who were able to take advantage of it. 
Uh, so I just want the rule and I understand both sides of it. But I think this does need to be covered, even if there's a distinction between it happening on a double or not having a double, because we know things happen. You can't be notified about everything. Mm -hmm. A player could be injured during warmups and then you're locked yeah. with them. You, you don't get that ability to change, which the team still played. So perhaps that's that's the fair thing to do. Um, but but I would like to see some more clarity on this. So one, uh, one thing to Ashley's point, like I don't fault the MLS team behind this in any way for what they do. They're making hard decisions on the fly. Um, but to her point, I would say getting those rules written down takes that off their plate in the middle of the week. If they've got guidelines like that, if they can standardize it, then Skyler's not going, oh, should we unlock them? Should we lock them? What does the community want to do? What do we think is most fair? It's already decided. And they can decide it after the season, before the game kicks off, so they can actually think about it and have those discussions and sleep on it for a week and come back to it. It also gives us time to kind of pull the community. So if anybody in the community that's listening has an opinion on this and what they should do, Feel free to reach out to us, or if you're in Discord, we have a way for you to reach out to Skyler. Um, there are ways to get it out there. Um, throw those ideas out there, and we can get them funneled back to MLS so they kind of understand where the community's at on this as well. Skyler does take the opinions of the community under consideration for any big rule changes like this. Yeah, this is a preview of the kind of content that we'll be talking about during our final episode when we get the poll out and the survey and get some other roundtable members in to join us as we talk about some of these changes. So this is what you can expect to come up in little little preview. But I wanted to mention that because it was definitely talked about a lot uh, during last round. So uh, thank you all for engaging with that. And I look forward to more conversations about these in the future. Uh, but for this episode in the future, you can look forward to us talking about housekeeping for upcoming round 29 right after this. Hello and welcome back. We're going to talk housekeeping for round 29. First, a quick league updates for the MLS Fantasy Insider, MLS Fantasy Boss Network of Leagues. Uh, starting with our Pro Rail League, things are coming down to the wire. Uh, the current status is in the Champions League. Uh, Sloppy Stakes is currently on top with a record of 20-0-8. Over in the Veterans League, we have Rockinates Folly based on points. And then over in the Homegrown League, we have Tinseltown FC on top by a single point uh, with uh, White's Warren FC in second with a chance to claim the title. Very, very exciting right there. And then probably, I think unanimously, are, are we just going to go ahead and say this is our favorite team name of, of the season with it's Hey Ricky, You're So Fine? Yeah, no, that's yeah. it. Uh, in our Discovery League, Hey Ricky, You're So Fine with a record of 24-0-4 currently leads that as well. Uh, just so you all know, we have the system of promotion relegation based upon where you finish within certain numbers. Uh, well, I'll send that out again after the season's over uh, so we know who's going to come in and come out. Depending on who comes back, more players could filter in from the leagues as we get everything sorted out there. So a lot of fun with our second year of Pro-Rel and with hope the way that I did the registration this year will make a transition better into year three. Uh, going to our other leagues, Discord, uh, Discord and Patreon, Rockinates Folly is also leading those leagues uh, in Discord with a record of 25-0-4 and in Patreon with a record of 23-0-4. I don't know if that math maths. I think it's probably 24-0-4 because of the way it started. Uh, but yes, Rockinates, uh, Ryan's done done fantastic with that. And, and for our prize leagues, you can only win one. So don't worry, there is no doubling up there. And then over at the MLS Fantasy Insider Experts Invitational, we were down to our semifinal and I fell as did Christian Ward also fell. And so it sets up a final between black and red and donuts, an epic battle of Titans right there for sure. That will be a fun one. Getting into the actual round details. Everything starts Wednesday, October 18th at eight o'clock PM Eastern standard time with Miami versus Charlotte. Yes, this is a double game week for our final round. Not the first time that we've had it, but it's a little strange because the first match of the next day, which is Saturday, October 21st, which starts at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, is also against Miami and Charlotte, just reverse. So they're kind of going back and forth to see a very strange way to end the season with a double game like that. But, you know, whatever works. That's how it's going to be. Uh, on Saturday, we have not the usual Apple lineup. We have half the teams starting 
at six o'clock and then the other half of the teams starting at nine o'clock as we figure out who is going to be where in these final slots of the MLS Cup playoff bracket. So uh, be sure to get your Aruz set up for that. It is perfect for doing that. As we already mentioned, Miami and Charlotte are on a double and DC United is on a buy. So yes, DC United season is over. And as we alluded to in the brought to you by with our intro, uh, they are out. They are above the line, but they are eliminated mathematically. So DC United will be the ideal team for you to use to activate any of the Aru's that you want to have this week. As far as uh, other options with switch Aru's or injuries, be sure to check out the mega reference over at Discord. We are coming off of some international games. A lot of the MLS teams uh, have some players who are impacted, but a lot of the core players were not impacted, especially if they could, in the United States, they could focus more on the European-based players instead of the MLS teams. But please do check. We'll mention a few of those players during our player tip section coming up. Um, but yes, head over to the mega reference. The easiest way to do that is to go to MLSFantasyBoss.com. There we go, tongue twister slash discord and there's the link to join it's fun it's free all sorts of fantastic fantasy players many of whom are in the top 10 20 of the entire game are there giving out advice just having general chat it is a fun place to be so check it out it doesn't matter that it's almost in the season be there for the cup it's gonna be fun then as well and plus we'll have a bracket challenge that's that's gonna happen so check that out uh, Ashley and Blaine, anything else you want to mention about any any players, suspensions, or injuries, or anything you want to point out before we go into our player pick section? I'm just going to say, and I know it's unhelpful, that there was an international break. So make sure you're paying attention to that. Um, you know, some of, some of our players we're going to talk about in our picks were involved in that. So I think it's the last week, definitely, taking a peek at those lineups. I know sometimes we have all of these ready and listed for you and apologize, you know, that we, that we don't, um, but definitely keep track of those lineups this week, because I, I think some of those little mini international breaks could come into play. Right. Excellent. So yes, uh, check out everything in there, get the details down, check the lineups. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. We're going to end the season uh, with a definitely a fun round. And we'll be talking more about the players who we are targeting for that round right after this. Hello and welcome back for our final round where we're talking about our player targets going in to round 29, at least as it stands on Monday evening. Uh, so let's start out, as always, talking about keepers and defenders. Uh, different strategies here, for sure. I'm glad that we all, well, I'm glad that some of us approached this in a different way so we could talk about the two approaches. Ashley, what are you looking at? Who are you looking at for your keepers and defenders? Yeah, I'm... Uh... Listen, it's a double game week. It's a weird double game week because it's the same two teams and they play each other twice. Um, but it's it's still a double game week and Charlotte needs the points. So I, you know, Miami's already out. I don't anticipate rotation from Charlotte because like I said, they have the opportunity to get six points on a week where everyone else can only get three. So I'm going to go in a little heavier than I think I naturally would on these two kind of crappy teams. Um so I'm going Kalina to Berkey. Kalina has been pretty decent uh, for shutouts, uh, you know, sporadically this year. Charlotte's a team I don't pay a ton of attention to. I don't think I've touched very much in fantasy this year. So it does feel a little off, but I can see so many games finish, um, you know, or so they're both their games finish and still have so many single game week games to choose from. So I don't really feel, you know, bad just throwing him on the bench and giving it a shot uh i considered san jose's keeper instead of berkey i do hate betting against the sounders um but you know where the odds fit so that's where i'm at at the moment for defenders again i'm going a, a little heavy here i i picked up yedlin he's probably the first out for me um as i start to tinker i also have gressel um, I have Barial at the moment, but I'm definitely anticipating some rotation there since there was already some rotation last week. Um, and then I currently have, uh, 
Wegs for Philly as well. The other three that I'm considering slotting in as I kind of tinker is Malinata for Charlotte has been posting some good points lately. Um, I don't really want to double up, so I would probably only do that if I drop Kalina for somebody else. Uh, Rosero for SKC. And then Rodriguez for San Jose are kind of my bubble bubble defenders at the moment. Blaine. Yeah, I'm in kind of that same boat as Ashley. I like the logic she's got there. Uh, Kalina coming off a good week, team with the most to gain this week. And I always just like a double game week keeper. It's it's hard to go wrong at this point. If he gets minutes played and a couple of bonus points, you're looking at a six already. Uh, you're You'll take a seven from a clean sheet keeper most of the time. So I will take the more sure thing there. I've got Melia on the back end just because um, it's going to be somebody from that late one. Berkey actually sat the last game, so I don't know what that means for St. Louis. I don't know if they're testing out their depth a little bit and giving him some MLS experience or if Berkey just needed a break. Um, and you got a lot of teams that are in the hunt. Um, I gave the edge to sporting, but you could also do this with San Jose or Dallas, but Dallas has got a road game, so I wouldn't. But those are teams that are alive and fighting for a playoff spot at home. So, like, the San Jose keepers probably my other backup there just because they have something to play for. They're fighting to make the playoffs, and you're going to want a good game from your keeper to get there. So, in that same line of thinking, I'm on, I'm on my defenses that are that way. I'm looking for hungry defenses that need to make something happen. Uh Tiago Martins for New York City is in my early game slot. Um, I like grabbing those Eastern Conference guys for the bench just to see what that score is, and then you can go back to one of your Western fallbacks for that. Uh, Martins has been playing well. Chicago's sporadic on their scoring. I think that's a good one where you could potentially pick up some nice bonus points, uh, and that's a team still fighting for the playoff spot. And then I'm with Ashley. I've got Rosero and Rodriguez as my other two in there on my – starting for me again it's teams that are hungry guys that get a lot of bonus points guys that can get on the end of a ball and score from a header and then i'm toying with potentially bench playing alba or another miami player or if it's double up on charlotte here and grab a second one for the bench it's really hard for me not to have a double game week defender when they're available just because again it's that floor you get four points for minutes played for a guy. And that's why I worry about all of Miami really, if I don't know what rotation we're going to see, but if you can get a guy that's going to play for and gets a couple of bonus points, you can be looking at a seven or an eight pretty quick. And you'll take that from most single game week defenders outside of a handful of guys that you expect to do a lot better. But I like the safety play on the double game week. So Milanda's probably the Charlotte player you take. And then, Miami, I have no clue. I have, like I said, I have Alba in there for now, but I'm not sure I'm going to stick with that at all. So for me, I've taken a different approach to the keeper, and I am looking at two single game week keeper, keeperoos. And I looked back through some of the recent games, and actually, uh, Freese with New York City FC has gotten several clean sheets over his last few games. Mm -hmm. Uh, since he's been, been back number one, he didn't get any during the last two rounds, but over his last five games, he's gotten three clean sheets. So um, gave up one goal round 27 and gave up two goals against DC United. Very unfortunate last week, but they're going up against Chicago, which is not a strong team. And so I'm not necessarily uh, feeling bad about having that flyer with my six o'clock game being being freeze and then pairing about the end i want like you said i want to see what happens with with st louis if it's berkey then i'd like to slot him in there if it's not going to be him it'll probably be daniel just because i know austin's has been a little sluggish and mostly like i said don't trust vancouver with that don't want to trust portland um I maybe would be a bit more tempted by a houston but i i don't i don't know what what uh that's going to actually look like for them um, because they're in the playoffs too. And they're kind of battling for that spot. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but I, I am going with these two single game week keepers because I feel like I have better chances with bonus points with the double game week defender than I do with the double game week keeper. Cause I'm going to get clean sheets either way. And so I'm looking at those field players 
having that better chance of maximizing those double game week points. And I can only have three players anyway. So if I if I was going to use the spot on a double game week keeper, I'm going to have to go with a, with a single game week defender. And they just, I think, have a higher ceiling potential for than my keeper has. So uh, that being said, I have Melanda from, I, I, I'd want someone from Charlotte right there. I'm looking at someone from, I'm looking at uh, Tiago Martins from New York City FC as well. Rodriguez, yes. And then the two that I'm sort of bouncing back and forth on who's going to be there, who might not, they're playing each other. And that's and that's the big confusion there. So they're just kind of placeholders with other names you guys have mentioned definitely in the running. But Tolkien and Zimmerman, um, <laughs> I, I don't know what to expect from that game. They're at home, so I think that would tend to favor Nashville. Um, and but New York rebels have been doing some lately and Tolkien is the lead there. And so he has the ability for those offensive points. If there are going to score, I think it's a very good chance that he'll be involved, but if they don't score. I think it's going to be a big bonus point time for Zimmerman being right there in the middle of it, trying to help keep, keep people out. So uh, I doubt I'll end up going with both. I'm a little bit concerned with WAGs just because it's, it's an away game and uh, Philly has struggled some on defense in general, this year uh, being away to New England and New England's got a little bit of their scoring form back. I'm just not sure if I want to trust that bonus point production there at this time. Both of those teams are already in the cup playoff. So what's their lineup going to look like as well? So a lot, a lot of these picks are going to depend upon what the lineups look like. If, if New England rolls out with just a completely scrub lineup, yeah, yeah, he looks a lot more more potent at that time. So, uh, but that's where my head is right now with him. Same thing with Barial. I I don't know what that lineup's going to look like. He has been rotated. Uh, Atlanta and Cincinnati have traded points before. I I'd rather just just see what that lineup is before deciding what's there. And personally, I hope that they're just going to save most of what they're doing for the cup than finishing out this last game with whatever it takes. Uh, heading over to chat real quick. Uh, people mentioned Kalina as well. Waterman. Yeah. Waterman's, uh, uh, another option. I think that people are looking at as well, um, for, uh, for defense. I've seen that, um, several times. So any of those players mixed in right there, let's move on to midfielders and Blaine kick us off with this one. Yeah, the names I identified first, I'll had to go on my short list because of rotation concerns. Like Lucho is a guy you kind of want right now. Almada, I don't know where Atlanta, what Atlanta's going to put out there. I just don't know if he starts. He's probably in my lineup just because it, it kind of depends on Cincinnati's rotation there. But Atlanta's kind of locked in their spot. Um, I believe everybody who's qualified for the East is outside of that. Play oh, Atlanta. Here's what it was with Atlanta. Everybody, everybody that's qualified in the East is locked in where they don't have to play that wild card game. So nobody's trying to avoid that play-in game. So then it becomes, what are you playing for? Atlanta is currently in sixth. They cannot jump up to fourth to get that home field advantage for that first game which is why I think Atlanta may go ahead and rest a little bit. Um, Almada probably plays, but I bet it's shorter minutes. I'm just, I'm kind of going with that. And especially if since he's going to rotate, um, the points there don't matter as much. They're going to, they're going to get one of those other three teams because since he's already locked it up. So I look at, I like looking at schedules here, as you can tell. So I think there's going to be rotation there. Uh, New England could actually play for a home field spot, so I want to see what heel, what that lineup looks like with heel coming out there. But at the same time, they're also hosting Philly with that strong defense, and I want to see what Philly puts out there too. So heel shortlisted as well for me to see lineups. But the guy I really like from that first set of games is uh, Facundo Torres going up against uh, Tor Toronto. It is a road game. They're they're locked into the two seed. They cannot move from that spot. But I really feel like the way Orlando's been playing lately, they're going to go at it, and they're going to try to keep the momentum going. They have been playing really well. Torres has been on fire. He's got a partner that's doing really well right now with him. I think they're going to try to keep, the, keep building chemistry with that squad right now. 
and try to come into the playoffs hot. So I expect them to go more full out and lock this game up early. And I expect points in this one. So Torres is pretty much a lock for my team unless he's not starting, but I am assuming he's starting. And then I like those hungry players on the back end. So uh, Ricky Pooch is definitely in there. I think playing spoiler at home, that final game. I like that matchup. I don't know what to make of Dallas right now. Dallas is in the hunt, but I could see the Galaxy wanting to play for a little bit of pride and play spoiler here on this last game. I don't I like it. Um, Busquets is also in there for the double if he starts that first one. But then beyond that, I'm struggling. It's like I, I'm liking road guys. I think Driussi could play spoiler for Austin. He's been coming into form a little bit. I like those teams trying to do that. But then the other guy I'm really high on right now is Hector Herrera has just been solid all season long. I think this is a good matchup. It is a road game, but I think he's got the points there. And I'm just I'm worried about rotation across the board for the whole week. So I'm kind of going with the old reliable players that tend to get consistent scores, play have something to play for, or can play a little bit of spoiler. And so I'm leaning towards all of that right now. It's a weird mix. I think it's guys just trying to show that they've got something at the end of the season and stay ready for playoffs or kind of fighting for pride here at the end rather than some of the big names, which I expect a lot of the big names to rest, maybe go 60 minutes and come out to avoid injuries, just to avoid everything. And so it's it's decision day. It's always rough, and I hate this. And this is probably the hardest week I've had for midfielders all season. Ashley, yeah, um, I'm a little I'm a little different. Um, I think Blaine maybe just said everybody, so I don't really know that there's anybody left for us. To put. <laughs> he's got a I didn't say a, everybody. A man midfield going on right now. Um, I, I like Busquets bar and rotation. Miami is a weird one for me because. They have nothing to play for and a ton of pride. They're doing a tour in November. Busquets isn't gone anywhere for international duty. But do I? What do I think? You know, they're gonna do. I don't really think they're gonna rotate. But also, I don't know. But he's a player that's interested me. I've just never picked him up because I've always rather gone messy. But um, he's a lineup dependent one for me. One I'd prefer not to start. Um, Christian Espinosa made it into my team pretty quickly. Um, I also wanted to throw Westwood in there because, like I said, um, he is one who I think that Charlotte is going to throw a lot at these two these two Miami games. Um, he's posted a 7 and a 10 in his last two, a bunch of 4s and 5s before that, so I think he could be an interesting double game week pick. Again, someone I'd prefer not to start if I can help it. Um Diego Rossi was a early into my team um, playing at home against Montreal. I think that that is a, is a good game for him. Columbus has been pretty consistent at home this year. Uh, I also like Torres. I'm a little worried about his minutes. He hasn't played 90 in four or five weeks and he's been subbed earlier and earlier each game, 83rd, 72nd, 66th. Um, but I agree with, with playing, you know, going up to play Toronto. I think Orlando's looking okay. I do think that because of where they are positionally that they might rotate. And that's something that would worry me with him. Um, I also like Gold. Vancouver has something to play for. Um, there's a lot of close points in the West as far as home games, first round buys. Um, so I think the lineups there are something to watch. And then, I want to want Ricky Puig, but I don't think he's going to play. Um, I don't really think that LA's got, you know, too much to play for. He's been hurt. Um, FC Dallas does. I think that that's a matchup that would favor him normally. Um, but I don't really think that we'll see him. I think I just kind of want to want him. But um, <laughs> he's a, he's pretty deep, pretty deep on, on my list this week. Actually, I just want to say, you said I took all of yours, but four of your seven were not. I didn't say all of mine. I said all the midfielders. I didn't say all of mine. (laughs) I I started by saying I'm a little different than Blaine, but I think he's taken all the midfielders. (laughs) I mean, I'm looking at Santi and Tommy in chat, so some other options being thrown out there. 
Uh, for me, so I went pretty heavy with the double game week options here, and I think they will likely change, especially since I want to see that first lineup. But yeah, Gold and Espinosa were right there in the team. Uh, I got Messi on the bench right now. Have Westwood in the field right now. I want to see what that is. And then I also have a second Miami player, uh, Farias. Farias? You can't say it. Do you want him? Uh, I mean, <laughs> that if that was the rule, then I would hardly have anybody in my team. Good point. Um, but no, he's he's uh, gotten some decent points a few weeks ago. Uh, not lately. I don't know. It, he's on the chopping block. But I was looking at having potentially two Miami midfielders. Uh, it was between him or uh, what was it? Busquets, who were, were the two kind of options just to kind of see what lineups might be. More than likely, my my sixth player I was looking at was Chionaire from from Montreal. I like what they have to play for to keep that game. I know that, as you said, Blaine, Columbus is going to come out trying to maybe go for that home spot. Columbus has not been a good defensive team. They've not been good at keeping those clean sheets. And if Montreal is going to score, that's where I think it's going to come from. So I'd be okay with taking a flyer with him and possibly, possibly having him on my bench. They would depend upon what the other lineups look like. Or that could be... Um, just where I want to put my my money and let him be right there and have my bench saved for those um, Miami players who I have questions and potentially a Charlotte player who I have questions about, which we'll talk about in the coming round there. But definitely a lot of a lot of options with with midfield right here. Um, and I think you could easily get by with probably I, I'll, OK, I'll be on the conservative side. One or two double game week midfielders, I think, would be fine. Um, I think a lot of us are going to be just looking to see if Messi starts. And if Messi starts, I think he's the bench play, just just to hedge. I don't think you have to have another Miami double game week midfielder in there. So likely I think it's a, a two double game week midfielder kind of round. I just have three because I want to see what the team looks like. So tell me season, just see what happens. That's good. Yeah. Messi won't go. Oh, no, I don't think he'll go, go the whole <laughs> thing. But I, I, I figure he's going to play in both both just because it's the, it's the end of the season he's been out for a little bit home know, and away he was, he was gone with argentina yeah and he had a little knock as well so <laughs> let him roll in there make the fans happy be all be all good for everyone uh check in there yeah uh nothing else in chat so let's move on to our forwards who are you looking at ashley cucho guys i love cucho always loved cucho let's just keep going with the cucho uh, last week wasn't his best week, um, but you know I think I think that at home, you know, again Montreal not not the stoutest uh, defense. Generally, I'm pulling up standings just because I want to make sure I know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, they're above the line. Columbus has clinched, but points wise, they're playing for a home field. You know, a, uh, a home game, playoff home game. So I think that there's a decent amount to to play for in that game from both sides still. Um, and then, you know, I have a lot of bench strikers. So um, I considered Bawanga because I think that LAFC is really vying for that first round bye, which they only have by one point right now, and they have to go up to Vancouver. And he just came off a monster week. It's like, when are, why were we benching someone who just put up 42 on a double? Or why are we not have that player? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I know we had some time off, but it, it's really hard for me to not look at him. Um, but currently I'm not because I put Campana and Swiderski on my bench. I am nervous about Swiderski. He was just in Poland yesterday. So assuming he's normal and not Denis Bawanga, he left Poland <laughs> today. Um, I don't know how that flight works. Is he home today? Is he home tomorrow? I don't know. Right. So I'm not sold on him. He is the one player of this double game week, barring international duty, I think we all would have had, right? Um, but the international duty of it all is what makes me a little nervous. If he's starting on Wednesday, I'll have him, and I'll start him, and that way I can bench one of the double game week middies that I don't I don't really want to start. Um, but at the moment, I'm nervous He's he'll start. And then I'm just most likely going to throw Campana on the bench um, just to hit the double again, I'm just not sure what I think Miami is going to do. Um, if I had to choose from what I've watched of them and heard them talk, I think they're going to go for six more points, even though they're eliminated. Um, but I don't really know that I believe 
full fully enough in that. So um, <laughs> I definitely have alternatives. They've also been kind of, you know, weird, if the, if you will, about who starts when Yosef or Campana. So that could could come into play, you know, as well. So I think Polito um, or an SKC striker is definitely a good option. Um, he's someone that has kind of snuck in for me. And then again, not to just root against my own team, but if Klaus is starting... <laughs> Um, I don't think that that's a terrible play. Uh, I don't really see what St. Louis has to play for, except for just more, the most points of an expansion side ever. That's really all that they have left. They've already clinched first. They're the only team in the West whose spot is set, except for eliminated teams. So I just have to think that they're going to rotate just to be smart. But if they don't... um you know, he might, he might tempt me, but I think that game's too late to really make a decision for me. Like, yeah. Swiderski's so weird this week. If he starts, I want him. Like, that's just, if he doesn't start that first game, I still may take him. You get that home leg on the second one against Miami. Depends on what Miami's lineup looks like in that first game. If they show that they're going to heavily rotate, I may stick with Swiderski, especially if he's on the bench. You'd have to think he comes in for part of that first game, even if he can't start. But I like him for that second game, too. And it's early enough. You can throw him on the bench and see it. I, I don't know. Even on a one-off, his current form right now, he, he's playing he well. He scored for Poland. He scored. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, it's just everything about this week says, I'm taking Swiderski, and if he's not starting Wednesday – He's on my bench. He's probably on my bench anyway, just because. But, like, I think he's a safe bench play, and you hold him for Saturday, and you just run with him in that game. Because I like that Miami matchup really well for him. They're the team that has the most variability. They could finish, what? They could finish behind Miami in the standings if Miami beats them twice. Or they could jump all the way up and hit that eight seed and get to host the wild card game. Like they've got that much to play for with the way everything goes. Like they could go a lot of places here and I just don't know what they're going to do. Like if they win both games, I think they outright take the eight seed and nobody can touch it. Oh no, I guess. Yeah, that would, that outright takes the eight seed from everybody if they win both games. So like that's the most variability, but that's also the team that's going to be hungriest. So I'm fully in on that. Um, I like Polito. I think Kansas City's got everything to play for here. They they've got a win to get in, and then they need some help. But I think they're going to be ready for it, expecting one of the teams ahead of them to drop a point somewhere, and that's all it takes is one team to drop a point and a win. Uh, this rivalry is always fun. It's always got some excitement in it. So I wouldn't fault anybody that wants to take Pookie against Kansas City. I think he's got the skill set that could really open us up and Minnesota tends to put a couple on us at times. And so if that, if this game goes completely crazy, Pookie's the guy I think is going to be on the receiving end a lot of a lot of that, but I'm going Homer and it may be wishful thinking on that one, but my, and then my other guy and the guy that this is why I said, I think Torres is going to play more is Duncan McGuire has come on really strong here at the tail end for Orlando. He's got, three goals in his last four games uh, and an assist in the one he didn't score in. He's got four straight sevens coming into this one. His minutes are a little low, but they brought him in to be this goal scorer for this team. They brought him in to do this. And if they're going to have any shot at winning MLS cup this year, he is going to need to be in form in the playoffs and scoring for them so that they can take out some of these high powered teams I mean, they're sitting in second right now as a squad. And so they've done well all season. They've maintained their spot. But he's going to really have to step up, I think, if they want to get by FC Cincinnati in the playoffs and really struggle with these other teams that can throw everything at them. I really feel like they use this as momentum to launch into the playoffs. So it's Torres and McGuire for me. And unless they're not starting for whatever reason – I'm going to stick with both of them at this point because 
I really like the chemistry they're building, and I think these are two guys that they the team needs to have hot. And so I'm going with the I'm going with it, and I'm trusting Orlando to try to really run into the playoffs high. And I think it requires McGuire to be there. So copy and paste what I have is what I actually have. Uh, so <laughs> easy for me, except there is one thing that I want to point out that, that Kai mentioned in chat. So definitely want to give this uh, some airtime. The one thing that we have not mentioned for Miami yet is there is something for Miami after MLS Cup and or sorry, after MLS regular season during MLS Cup. Yeah. Did you say that, Ashley? Yeah, I did. They're going to China. They're on the China. I, I didn't elaborate, but I said there we they go. China yeah. yeah. So. Do you want to elaborate more about that timing? Because what is that something that needs to factor into your faith in those players? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's in, I'm I'm double checking the dates. It's in November. Um, it's not something that I think I like they're not gonna arrest anybody for it. Um, they Miami announced that the first week of November they're doing a China tour and they're doing two games in China. Um, I, I think if anything that you kind of want players to be semi fit for that. Um, Cause it's, you know, that's happening in what three weeks. So yeah, I mean, I are almost two weeks. So yeah, I, I don't think it's, going to impact this to me it just means that they still are going to play so you don't want them to get too cold because then you get injuries and stuff like that so um but yeah i mean that's that's happening so we'll see how it does impact it yeah i know we talked about before the show and so it was kind of running together in my head of how much we actually talked about so i wanted to make sure that we gave it some time like they're just bringing they're just trotting messy around the world guys like they're (laughs) they're all gonna go that money yeah, they're trying to mess around the world to get money. That's exactly right. So yeah, getting that messy money. Uh, yeah, no, for me, same players, Kutra, Swiderski, Campania, just checking to see that first lineup. Uh, it'll likely just be two of these players because I'll probably use a uh, a scrub here to do some of my ruse. So that's, that's likely where it's going to come down to. All right. And now the final question, the big question, who are you going to put the captain armband on? Blaine. I kind of hinted at it. If Swiderski's starting that first game, he's my captain for sure. Um, no question on that one. If it's not him, I'm leaning towards Facundo Torres. Um, I like that matchup. I like, like I said, I think that team is going to try to keep the momentum going, which bodes well for him. That's that's kind of my midfield choice. I'm just hoping Swiderski starts that first game and it just erases all question I have because he's the obvious answer if he's starting that first game. Ashley. Guys, I'm sorry. I know this is such a really crappy answer on our last predictions podcast, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't like anything. I agree with Blaine. I think this is the weirdest midfield week of the season. And who do we tend to always captain if not midfielders? So I don't want to captain Westwood, who I didn't know existed until this week <laughs> for Charlotte. I don't really want to captain Sergio Busquets because I don't know what Miami is doing after being eliminated. I definitely don't think I want to captain Diego Rossi because he's only been back in MLS for five or six weeks. So, you know, there's just not a lot. I I think if I'm going to go single, I would go Espinoza. I think San Jose has a lot to play for. I don't think Austin's going to come in and pull spoiler. I think Espinosa has been consistent enough that of single game week players, he, it's him. Maybe I'll just throw it at the wall and go Cucho. We've talked about it a couple times. Hmm. It's paid off for other people. Maybe it'll pay off for me. Um, but I agree. In a, in a better world where there was no international duty, Swiderski's the guy for me. But even if he starts, I don't know if I can pull the trigger on that. So I could see a couple different options. None of them are in defense. Um, but I just cannot, I cannot decide. No, I, uh, I love that single game week pick with, with Espinosa. Uh, for me, it is, it is Swiderski. Uh, it, it's Swiderski. And if not him, then I want to see what the conversation is. 
uh, if he is not going to to play. So I'd want to read Skyler's article. I'd want to see what's going on in Discord as the alternative options. But Espinoza is a solid pick because I do think you're right that some of the other midfield options are questionable with their availability and their consistency. So uh, I, I'd like to take that flyer on Swedeski. Cucho, another another solid option as well. So I know I'm the only one that talked about him. And this is another guy that, like, in a pipe dream, if it happened this way, let's say Lucho and Barrial are rested that first game or for Cincinnati. Let's say mm-hmm. Cincinnati throws out all their scrubs. They've got the shield. They're done. Whatever. Almada on the road looks like a great pick if he starts. You guys, you two didn't talk about him on your team. I kind of had him in there as my shortlist. I want to see if he starts, and I want to see what Cincinnati does. If it, everything goes perfectly, he could easily be a solid captain pick from that Eastern slot sure. and just go with it. But I know you two didn't have him. We didn't see a ton of his name pop up in chat. I think everybody's worried that they really have nothing to play for. They're going to play a road game in that first one. So yeah, it's rotation that- time. That's kind of where where I'm at is it affects nothing for them. So I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Atlanta's not, from my observation, not one to like heavily rotate except for injury. He doesn't seem injured. They are hitting the stride. He's performing. Um, you know, I think that's one of the reasons I, I am hesitant to use two midfield spots on these double game week kind of duddy guys um, is because – with rotation, are there going to be some really appealing single game week options to choose from um, for the teams that want to or can rotate? So I hear you. I mean, honestly, he wasn't even someone I considered, but the the pitch makes him a viable captain option, I think. Yeah, um, I think as we often say, we don't love to put an armband on a road player. And FC Cincinnati, even without Lucho and Barrial, aren't shitty. So yeah. I think it depends on how much they rotate. I want to see that lineup. Like Almada, like if Almada starts and Cincinnati pulls all their oh, starters, yeah. and like everybody else goes. Celentano like, and out, sure, yeah, yeah, I agree. yeah. Like yeah. there, there's somebody on. Like I think Almada has to be on the list for me at least as a potential. Sure. If everything goes crazy, I also think it depends. And you know, Reed, we didn't really touch on this when we like brought it up, but. Are you going chalk to maintain or are you throwing things at the wall to try to make up on the last week you can? You know what I mean? So I think that factors into your captain choice too. I don't think there is a chalk this week unless it's Swiderski because he starts. I think everything else is up for fair games. I think Espinosa, well, maybe because I just said it, so but I don't mean to. I think because he's a home productive midfielder, that mm-hmm. might be chalk. Um, but I think everything else is Cucho maybe chalk. Um, I think everything else is up for fair games as far as non not chalky. All right. Well, uh, nothing else from chat. So I think it's going to be fun to see what people do settle on. Definitely going to be a good round. If you have not been there before to head out to Discord and see what that conversation is, it should be very fun. That's all that we have for the show tonight. Thank you so much, everyone who came out with us and stuck with us. Don't forget, we'll be back uh check out Twitter, stay on that to see when and, and Reddit for not Reddit, geez, someday I'll stop and discord for uh, when our final recap episode will be, but let's finish everything else up with our plugs. Blaine. Yeah. I'm going to plug the discord community and the small group of friends we've got floating around there. I mean, it's not so small anymore, but it was go on a more heavy subject with all the turmoil right now going on in Israel. It was nice to be able to have a couple of guys with family over there to communicate with and check in on. And I I can report for the guys I know, everybody's family over there is safe at this time. Like, I'm not going to drop names or whatnot. We've had some guests around here that have ties over there. Everybody who I personally know has family over there has said their family is okay. And so that's a huge relief for me. I've got family over there for those that don't know. And so I've connected with some of these guys from our community for that. So if reach out, there's guys there that are willing to help. They can talk. Um, It's just nice to have that support network. And while we love to talk fantasy, this community has done so much more than just fantasy. 
through COVID, Reed really pushed that we keep going regular to give people some normalcy in their lives. Now, when things go crazy in the world, we've got those people that we can talk to about what's going on that kind of understand are in the same boat. And so I really want to applaud this community for all the good they do outside of just the game, because there's guys that we can rely on and call upon when we need them in really rough situations. Ashley. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard to follow that because that was pretty heavy. But I'm, <laughs> I'm very... sorry. I didn't mean to. No, a... don't apologize. That's a it's... very legit plug. And I'm yeah. very glad to hear that. It's a lot to process over there. And we're not really a show that, you know, it's not usually what we talk about, but I understand that's a big part of our community. So I hear it. Um, I, you know, have, have kind of my own personal connection plug, longtime podcast listener. I'm, I'm sure, uh, Megan Rapino had her last rain game, home rain game, um, that Spencer and I and Sawyer were, were lucky enough to take Sawyer to last week. Um, politics aside, been one of my favorite players to watch for my home team, been one of my favorite players to follow for my national team, had the joy and pleasure of meeting her on several occasions in the soccer community and socially, um, and just a big, big fan of of just about everything that she does and represents. So um, shout out to her for for closing out a career. We're getting into that transition stage. I know it's not MLS fantasy related, but soccer related. You know, the, the women's team is is changing of a guard. So um, she's not the first to hang up her her cleats. So just uh, shout out to her. And of course, for me, uh, just plug the MLS Fantasy Boss Discord community. Fantastic place. We can't say enough. MLSFantasyBoss.com as we're winding down the season. Uh, yeah, just keep being a part of this community uh, as the season goes on. Thank you to everyone who has been joining us. And this is our, not our last show, so we're not going to hang up everything yet. Please stay tuned for when we have announcements about our end of season poll that we will provide the feedback to MLS about the game this year and also our final season recap episode where we talk about just our general uh, thoughts and experiences and hopes and dreams for the 2024 season. So we still have a little bit more content for you before the season is up and then a lot of MLS Cup for all of us to enjoy. But until then, as always, good luck. Mm -hmm.